0: Big Gab, the show for working musicians, episode 390 for Tuesday, July 18th, 2023. And welcome to Gig Gab, the show by for and about working musicians. Sponsors for this episode include HelloFresh.com/slash gig gab50, where code code giggab50 gets you 50% off plus free shipping. We'll talk more about how you can do that and why you're going to do that and all that good stuff in a little bit. For now, here in Durham, New Hampshire, I'm Dave Hamilton.
1: Here today in Santa Cruz, California, it's Paul
0: Kent. <laughs> hey man, you're you're the uh You are the California traveler is what you've, what you've become. You just run up and down the state. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Up and down the coast, the whole center of the coast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got us, you got us covered out there. I appreciate that. So yeah, you got it. Yeah. yeah. We, um, had an interesting, interesting week in the first, um, the first thing that was weird was on Friday, it rained for like a half hour at one o'clock in the afternoon and the club that we were supposed to play canceled the gig for that night, even though the weather looked great and and then was great. You know the forecast looked great, and then the weather actually was great for the night. But um, so we had our our Friday gig canceled for weather, which which is a bummer. I mean, it happens in New England. It's been raining a ton this year, uh, but it it didn't have to happen on Friday, which was kind of a bummer. I always say that I'm if you cancel a gig at three in the afternoon, you're my favorite person because you just gave me the you know the evening free. This was one of yeah. those gigs I was really looking forward to playing. My friend Maddie is back. Wait, wait,
1: wait. Yep. Would you have been paid? How does how do you guys usually work in a, in a weather yep. volatile climate? Do you get paid if they cancel, or or half, or or what's the deal?
0: Great question. So this is through uh, Paul Costley's booking agency. Paul is no longer running it. He handed it off to someone else but uh it it's still the same deal that it's always been, which for these outdoor gigs is they have until three p m the day of the gig to cancel for no with no uh financial commitment right and and generally for weather I mean if they start canceling for the wrong reasons well you know then then they fall off a pulse list right but um after three o'clock uh you they are committed for fifty percent and when you arrive the the procedure is you check in with whoever the person in charge is confirm that everything's still a go and at that point once they've confirmed aka once you start loading in and setting up they are on the hook for the whole thing even if it you know starts pouring or they cancel or whatever before you ever play a note of music so that so no we did not get paid for for friday it was canceled before the you know before the time which it's just you know it it's it it's a bummer but you know, when when they're only employing that clause for weather related stuff, it makes sense. Nobody gets to control the weather. It, at least we don't know who who that person is. <laughs> so, so it was a bummer, but uh, it happens. And so, fine. Um, I did have two gigs on Saturday, and the one on Saturday afternoon, even by that point on Friday, was already shaping up to be a big, big question mark because. Uh, It was the first gig that Uptown Celebration would have played since 2019. Uh, It was the first gig with our new singer, the first gig with our new bass player. And so there was a lot of firsts. Oh, and it was a gig, but also our first gig that I had played with the band. And I, I think maybe even the band's first gig without a sound engineer. So we were doing our own sound. And it, there were lots of firsts going on at the same time. So I was like, okay. And then on Wednesday, our bass player told us, hey, so uh, I've felt terrible all week and I'm not really getting better as quickly as I would like it. it he says, it turns out it's COVID and it turns out my, my entire band, but also everyone who was in the club that I played on the previous Saturday all came down with COVID. And it was like, okay. And he's like, so I don't think I'm going to be ready for this gig. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this gig on Saturday. I was like, okay, cool. So it's a a private Yeah, it was a private gig at uh, Wentworth by the Sea, which is a a sort of uh, high end hotel. And it was like, The members only portion of this at their marina, it, it you know, it was very this very exclusive sort of party. I mean, it was a very laid back party, but, it, the, you know, the people that were there were, were the, sort of the you know, they they're in the club. Right. So it was like, oh, man. OK, so what should we do? And uh, our singer said, oh, hey, my brother plays bass and he's really good. Like she really built him up. You know, he he's he can read. He's like he's he's going to be great. He knows half of our set list already. He will chart the rest. He's in. Let's still do the gig. I was like, well, against better judgment. Sure. Let's go and do it. Right. So we did the gig. Got set up. It was a laid back gig, you know, in terms of the expectations uh, of the crowd. I mean, we we still treated it very professionally because that's what we do. But it was not. Um, in their mind, it was not high stakes, right? It, it was in our mind, but in their mind, it, it was, the stakes were lower perceived by them than by us, which I guess is a good thing. It should always be that way.
1: Uh, let me ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, when you say in your mind, it was high stakes. Was it high stakes? Cause everybody's trying to figure out who, what is this band that hasn't paid together in so many years, high stakes, just because you're getting paid well and, and you want to do a good job right? in the ranking of, of things that could yeah. make it high stakes. What was the top of that ranking?
0: Well, it yes, there was the the they I don't think they knew how long it had been since this band played. You know, we 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 don't we don't we don't lead with that, right? In the in the market, no, no, I mean, high right? stakes
1: internally, like like are yes. guy people in the band like, we haven't done this in a while. Is this gonna be okay? Is, it,
0: is this gonna be okay? And also we haven't done it with this lineup. So what is it going to be like? You know, it was there right. was that question as well. Like, how is How is, you know, our new uh, female singer, how's Steph going to be on stage? We've literally never been on stage with her before. We don't know. How's our new bass player going to be on stage? How are are the new arrangements that we think we've worked out? How are they going to be? You know, like, how's the flow going to be? All those all those things. Right. And so uh, there was those high stakes. And then, yes, it was a high paying gig as as they generally are. And so, you know, we feel a responsibility. And again, we talked about this last week, you know, regardless of. The like we're there, so th- there is that level of stakes, right? So, um, so we get there and and you know meet the bass player, and he seems good, but we don't really get a sound check. We played a little bit of a groove of like some uh, I don't know Tom Petty tune or something as a sound check, and it was like okay, like hey, we locked in, like guy can keep time, his tone is good, he like he's following along, he's paying attention, like all right, like yeah, okay, great, and uh, and then we started the gig. And uh things were going great. It was like, you know, we talked through things before we played the first set. I said, All right, I I pulled my my madhouse experience forward. And I'm like, okay, the most important things are the beginnings and the ends of every song. So we talked through the set list. Here's how this one starts, here's how this one ends. Right. And everybody it, it was good for all of us, but especially for our for Joe, our our sub bass player who whom we had just met, you know. And uh so we talked through all that. Okay, great. Things are going fine. Third or fourth song of the set is uh, Stevie Wonder's Superstition. And, uh, you know, maybe halfway through that song, Joe's bass amp stops making sounds. Now, we had run Joe also through a DI into the house so that we could put him in the, the, you know, in the subs and stuff. And also so those of us on in-ears could hear him if we wanted to. And so we were able to compensate for this, but his amp blew out; like his speaker just blew out. That was the end of that. So we, you know, rejiggered the sound, which again we were doing ourselves. Uh, to... Did you have to take a
1: a, a break from no. the set? No. Nope. I mean, was this mid set?
0: No. Nope. We just, you know, Marty, our singer, uh, he went out and listened and and kind of, you know, bumped up the bass and the mains, and and that was that. Right? We just kept on trucking because uh, the the gig was short too. It was three to five. Uh, You know, we were, we we played two sets, but we started at three and we ended at five. Like it was not, you know, three to five 30 or whatever. So, um, so we really didn't have time to, to mess around and it went fine on the set break and, and Joe played, he blew me away. He had prepared like a pro he had, I mean, he had charts for everything. He was reading the charts, but he was hitting like all of these syncopated things that, uh it took us a while in in rehearsal to get right and all of this, and he was just nailing it you know we we play that uh that jump the the van Halen tune, and that 's got yeah. a lot of weird syncopated things between the bass and the drums it 's just it 's a weird song you know you think you know it until you go to try to play it, and then it 's like oh I, actually, I need to work on this you know <laughs> and uh I think I even talked about it years ago where like that 's one of the few things where I keep the drum part. The, like the music for the drum part written out in my iPad for the guitar solo. Cause it's this really weird thing. And the accents fall on off beats in weird places and not, it doesn't follow a pattern. And you know, it's just a weird thing. He nailed every one of those. He also nailed the intro of the song, which has the drums and the bass hit starting on the end of four, and I was, as, as our keyboard player started, I'm like, oh, you know, we didn't really talk about this. I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if he, I'm like, I'm going to do my part and whatever he does, doesn't matter. You know, it's just, we're just going to keep going, it, you know, and I did it. And it was like, oh my gosh, he was like right there with me the whole time. I was like, okay, like, yeah, this guy's got this. So he did great. He did great. Um, On the set break, our keyboard player in his car had an extra combo amp, so we were able to you know, have some bass on stage with us too, which was really good. Um, We didn't wind up because of the bass amp thing. We didn't wind up talking through the, uh, the seconds, you know, the starts and ends for the second set, which I didn't realize until we were halfway through the first song was like, Oh, so we missed out on that. Well, let's see how we do. (laughs) And it, it mostly went fine. There was one song that was a little bit of a train wreck because he just didn't have the groove. Right. And it never really locked in. Uh, that that we we play the cover of of Valerie that mark ronson and and Amy Winehouse did uh, we play kind of their version of it, and he, it just it never locked in, but we made it through to the end, and it was fine. People like that was great' I'm like yeah, okay, sure <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, it was thanks for saying that you know it 's very kind but um well but you
1: 're rem- 're reminded aren 't you that yep, the level of nuance that your ninety five percent of your audience is 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 scrutinizing you with is really
0: maybe yeah 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 maybe
1: you know we talked about our sub our our sub situation the last couple weeks
0: i was thinking about you yeah
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's um you want to get it right because you take pride in what you do but one of the best musicians my friend steve french you know he'll be like nobody died
0: nobody (laughs) died like That's that's correct Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the gig went fine. And then um, they told us they wanted us back. They're going to hire us for a bunch of other things. So it was all the right. You know, it all went as as far as they were concerned. They got exactly what they wanted. And then some which is really like like you were just saying, like, that's the that's the goal uh, as far as yeah. I'm concerned. And then from there, that was down in like Hampton, New Hampshire, wherever, wherever that place is um, along the sea coast from there. I had to drive 90 minutes down to Boston to play this gig in uh, the, the, it was a gig with fling. It was a power pop night at some club South of Boston. Uh, and it was like, why are we doing this? Uh, two days before the gig, we were opening for a band called the grip weeds. And, uh, they're a band, they've got a little bit of a, I think they're on a label. Uh, they've got a little bit of a following. They were doing a little bit of a sort of Northeastern tour. And it was like, okay, like they're great. And they're a great band. They've got brother harmonies. Their drummer sings most of their tunes. Their guitar player uh, is his brother. They've got, you know, those sibling blood harmonies and uh good band. They play about half covers, half originals uh, in their set. It's like, okay, this will be, you know, it's a good fit for fling. Sure. Let's go do it. Two days before the gig. So at the same time that I'm getting the news about our bass player uh, in uptown, uh, I'm getting the news that for some reason, and I still don't know the reason here. The uh, person organizing the event is like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we were going to, they were going to have, there were three bands. They were going to have go on second. Obviously the grip weeds, the headliner was going to go on third. We get a, a communication from them, whatever it is. Hey, uh, the schedule's going to change. Flings going on last. And I'm like, why? Like, and last was 1030 at night. Like, it wasn't, mm. it wasn't like, but it wasn't like two in the morning. Like, it, oh, you know, you're getting screwed into the, like, the, the band doesn't want to stay that late or whatever. Every band stayed around for the whole night. Like, it, that that part, that wasn't the reason, as far as I could tell. It was just like why are they moving us from nine thirty to ten thirty? Like, why would you have the headliner go on before us? Like, what a weird thing. And so I was, I was sort of, I was rubbed the wrong way about that. Cause I felt like we were like, for some reason, just being like moved around uh, to accommodate something that didn't make sense to me, you know? So I was, I went into this a little pissy and, uh, you know also I had to drive like 90 minutes to go and stand around in this club for a couple hours before I got to play and I was like I was exhausted because yeah. we played out in the heat and, you know and so it was fine so I, I I kept all that in check it was fine and the opening band was was they're were, they're were fine you know and then the gripweeds played and they're a really good band um they you know they they sounded good they've got good songs good arrangements great harmonies as i said and that really kind of inspired me like i was like okay like they're good we're we have to be better than them like this this is our opportunity to to level up here you you know we've we've got this and it put a chip on my shoulder probably you know fueled by all the other stuff of the day you you know and uh at, at one point Half halfway through their set, Russ came up to me and he's like, yeah, man, you got to love those those brother harmonies. You know, he's like that, that really good. And without even thinking, I just looked at him and I'm like, yeah, they're, they're fine. But Aaron and I were better uh, like we've got this, you know, and he was like, OK, all right. You know, like, sure. And um, I kind of communicated that to the band in what I hoped was productive ways. You know, it was like but it was definitely fueled by frustration. They ran. They played a little late. They did not employ haste in getting themselves off the stage so that we could get on the stage. They ended at 1035. We were supposed to go on at 1030. We did not start playing until 1115. So it was like it was more of the same fuel.
1: (laughs) And you've had a bad day.
0: (laughs) I've already had a bad day, but I'm still determined to blow them away and by the way we did like we we were freaking awesome uh that's cool but I, you know i also thought you know like i'm gonna own the fact that we're playing last in fling i'm the one that gets stuck being the, the you know the the front man the interface with the crowd i told the band i'm like all right look when we set up don't nobody set up in front of me if you want me to talk to the crowd like don't block you know nobody's downstage center, I, you know, I, stage centers for me, you guys are off on the side. We're five across, not four and one. And they're like, yeah, okay, fine. Like they could tell, like don't, don't F with Dave today, you know? And uh, so we, I, you know, once we got ready, I said to the guys, I'm like, let's just go, you know, I'm not going to say anything. We're just going to go. I said, we're fling. And then boom, we powered through a few tunes and just crushed it, you know, because fling is a great power pop band. And we got tight, Endings and beginnings and harmonies and like all the things and uh and we knew our set too, so there was there, it wasn't like you know we were guessing or anything, so right. we, we blast through a few tunes, and then it's time for me to talk to the crowd while Russ changes to his open g guitar uh and i and the first thing I said was, you know we really appreciate uh dead Archer, the label that pulled this gig together for you know for having the the faith in us to make us the headliners for the evening and uh <laughs> And I can see the guys in the van looking at me like, "Uh oh, like, where's Dave going with this? But then I, I made a joke about it. I'm like, usually that happens as the result of a clerical error. But today I'm 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 insured that that's not what it was that I, I was sort of laughing and tongue in cheek about it. So, so that anybody who knew what was actually supposed to happen would get that I was joking and anybody who didn't would not. But also the people who were in charge of making that happen would be like, "Uh oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like just a little bit like, hey, I'm the one with the microphone. You wanna you you chose this, you know? <laughs> and that is uh,
1: hysterical. Now was the other band around to hear this?
0: Yes, they were. They they were not and? there for the very beginning of the set. I kept the clerical error joke going throughout. Uh I, I found different ways of approaching it. And uh so I brought sure. it I brought it back a couple of different times. And uh and they were the other band, the gripweeds were not there right when we started our set. I think they were still like dealing like they had moved some of their stuff outside and were like trying to like pack it into their van so that it was safe and all that. But they, they were in there by about the halfway point of our set, which is sort of typical for a, you know, a scenario like that. So they definitely heard it and they loved it. They were laughing, you know, they were, they were totally in on it. Uh, and they, they liked us too. You know, they were, and even after the gig, they're like, man, they're like, you guys have five people singing. They're like, man, I wish we had that. And I was like, yeah, yeah, know, we love it. You know? It's um, great. Great story. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah actually the story about uh, one of the first festivals we did this summer there was a band that played before us. I can't remember if I told the story, so stop me if I'm if I'm being repetitive. But sure, I reached out to them about about comparing set lists, so I, we didn't duplicate songs.
0: Yeah, I remember you telling me this, but keep going. I'll stop you if it feels like we're we're in like total repeat territory, but keep going. Yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, so I, I reached out, and um, the guy sent me his set list, and there was about four or five. And I said, well, we'll what we usually do is like a little draft, you know, like. Like, you know, I pick one, you pick one, you know, and and we split the difference. Yeah. And he comes back to me and he says, no, that's our set. Uh, We're not really willing to do that. Uh, Maybe you should tell, because we were the headliner for that one. Maybe you should tell the promoter uh, to move you to a different day of the festival. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And so, so, yeah, so a, you know, really jerk thing to say, right? Uh, And they were playing before. So anyway, we get there. And actually, I tell the guys in the band, I share the guy's email with the guys in the band, and not safe for for work, you know, responses here. Sure. Ultimately, but ultimately, we said, all right, well, we're just going to play every song they did, and we're going to call them out on it. So, sure enough. (laughs) I love this. I think the band was called. Yeah. So, every time there was a song, saying, hey, you might have heard this before, but, you know, we think with five horns, it sounds even better. You know, like every single one of the songs that was an overlap, you know, we made a point of saying, you know, we like... We, you know, people seem to like when we do this. You know, just anything to just kind of put the knee, the knife in a little bit. And I actually did send that note to the promoter saying, "Hey, this guy wants you to move us to a different day." I'm not in favor of that for what for it's worth, but I'm um, just letting you know. I tried to work it out with this guy. He wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. And the promoter was, you know, he was like, oh, that's you know, whatever." Move. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I like that. that I, it, I mean,
0: what you, you sort of have to, I, I guess you have to make a decision going into. These these scenarios where, you know, you're you're feeling slighted or whatever, and you either have to do what what, you know, I did on Saturday and what you did at, at this other gig and just sort of own it explicitly with the with the crowd and just say, OK, well, you're letting me do this after you. And so I get the final say, L- literally the final say to the the attendees and as long as you handle it in an entertaining way, then you win. I, it's how it goes. I, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the
1: set list, every one of the so the guys knew, and on the set list, every one of the songs that was a duplicate song, I put a little icon next to the next to the song list to let everyone know this is one of those songs.
0: <laughs> I love this
1: good band bonding, you know, activity, and uh, it's funny because you know where you started this was, was that they were really good, and you felt like you had to be in your A game.
0: Which and, I did. That was also true. Like all of these things. Were I'm going sure it on. is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I'm totally sure it is, but it is, you know.
0: My competitive side definitely on, came out.
1: That's what, sure. I, that's what I'm going to say is that yeah. like, like playing music on multi band bills is a contact sport. I mean, it is uh-huh. a competitive sport <laughs> and you know, doesn't mean you have to be a you know a jerk to other people, no. but it does mean like, you know, you're, you are competing, you're competing for your own pride. You're competing, you know, to you know, win, be better at winning over an audience. Whatever, whatever your litmus is, this is part of it. it to me, that's actually part of the fun of it, right? Like I, I agree. I, I had a, a blast with ago. it. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we need things to motivate us to take our to take our craft to new levels, and nothing like a little healthy competition to do that.
0: Well, and, and healthy competition, exactly what or
1: yeah. or when you're competing against people who are who are kind of dicks, you know that that yeah. helps as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, when the first band. I I I don't want to disparage anyone but there was zero question that we could beat that we were going to be better than this first band. I you know, I, it's just a fact of the matter. It's how I interpreted it. But so but that didn't inspire me at all. You know, it was like, well, okay, like we there's like we don't have to do anything other than show up and play and we're going to be we're going to be, you know, at least a notch better than this band. Okay, fine. Not that they were bad, but I I know how Fling is. Like, you know, it's fine. And that was okay. But then when the grip weeds came out and they were like, it was like, okay, like these guys can play, like, this is a good band that inspired me. I loved that, you know, and, um, and I needed to make sure, and I communicate, like I said, I communicated with the band because I needed to make sure that it didn't disparage any of them. Cause it was like, oh yeah, like this is a, this is a real band. Like they, they know they got it, you know, (laughs) like we gotta, we gotta deliver and yeah, I'm proud to say, we, you know, we absolutely crushed it. It was so good. So it fueled me for the Fun. 90 minute ride home. Yeah. it's just, you know, satisfying. Yeah. All right. Look, I want to tell you about our sponsor. HelloFresh, where you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You get to skip the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable. And that's why it's America's number one meal kit. Look, you can make your home the hangout place this summer with crowd-pleasing eats from their backyard bratwurst bar to tangy key lime pie. HelloFresh Market makes summer entertaining a cinch. And this is great for those days where you're finally home. You don't have a gig. You want to stay home, but you want to have some friends over that you never get to see because you're out there gigging. This is a wonderful way to do it. And did you know HelloFresh offers more than just delicious dinners? It's now easier than ever to skip that extra grocery store run by adding snacks, sides, and more to your weekly order. Simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 items. We've been loving HelloFresh here at home. Lisa and I use it regularly because it makes it so easy and it makes it fun because you get to prepare this meal together and HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old thing all the time. And that's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Go to HelloFresh.com slash GigGab50 and use code GigGab50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, HelloFresh.com slash GigGab50 and use code GigGab50 for 50% a.k.a. 50% off plus free Free shipping. It's great. You're gonna love it. And our thanks to HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit for sponsoring this episode. Did you play this weekend, Paul?
1: I did. I had three gig three gigs down the Central Coast, two with the the group down there. Yep. The first one we hadn't played in in a month. And similar to what you're saying, we were, you know, not not grooving. I mean, tempos weren't right, you know, feel wasn't right, but you know, energy was good, and you know we, we played our hearts out. It just wasn't there. Yep. And uh, and that group was actually really good. You know, it just kind of like mutually supportively. Yep. Saying, ah, oh, yeah, you know, we you know we can do better than that, that type of thing. Uh, and then the next day we played and it was great all day. It was really uh, very pleasant. So self correcting nice. exercise. Yeah. And then I did a, an acoustic gig, but so anyway, I sang what two, five, seven hours. You know, because I'm I'm. I'm, I sang all of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, was pretty, I was pretty gassed by the end of the third one. Um, but good stuff. I mean, it's just, I just like the music so much. You know, the, the, I love the House Rockers. I mean, that's my baby. Of course. But the House Rockers, have, the House Rockers are an interesting study. They are an exercise in compromise, right? So it's not all music I would have chosen, but because it's such good guys to play with it's fun to even play music that I wouldn't have chosen. Oh, totally. Other, I, I the, totally get that, yeah, this,
0: uh, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then the stuff down in Central Coast. I choose every song, uh, and it's stuff that I love to sing, and you know, music I love to play. I get to play all the different styles of acoustic guitar stuff, so that's really, really fun for me. We're trying to play Mexico by James Taylor. Tough and, song. Um, tough song. Really tough song. Just yeah. that little kind of calypso-y you know, vibe is not a natural groove you know, for everybody. I mean, where the bass has to lay is very particular.
0: The bass and the kick drum version of it. Yeah. 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 Tough song. It's a tough song. Yeah. Yeah. It's a a weird, it's a, it's got a lope along. I I would, it's interesting. I would relate that song. It's probably going to be surprising to the version of feeling all right. That Joe Cocker does. Right. It, it has that same kind of loping thing. It's a, it's a different groove on top of it, but that you know that kind of that that kick and bass that just need to drive you know and one into everything is super important yeah. and if you don't have that feel locked in it's gotta lope it 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 it's really important, yeah yeah yeah, yeah well, I mean
1: along those lines on on Friday night when we didn't quite sink, that one was painful, yeah, but we were determined, to, and we've only been playing it you know. We only played it live maybe three or four times. Sure, but we're determined because we love the song so much. And then on Saturday, it just all clicked in, and it was it was a really beautiful song to play. So good stuff. I, you know the, the 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 human chemistry of making music is just an amazing thing, right? I, Same no. guys, you know, uh, <laughs> basically twelve hours apart, you know, maybe eighteen hours apart. Sure, and sure. Uh, all the mental notes because we didn't debrief on the song or anything like that just just everybody goes away and kind of absorbs what it is they did and what everybody else did and what they need to do and what everybody else needs to do. And just came back and, and it just flowed the next day. And it was two different songs to me.
0: Yeah. It, it, it makes it. Yeah. It, it was tempo. You, you mentioned tempos and I actually have something to, an anecdote to share about that, but was, was one of the differentiators, you know, maybe the tempo was better the second day than the first day. 'Cause that can be a tough thing with new new material. If you don't know where the tempo needs to be, you it's easy to easier to get it wrong. Mm.
1: I don't know. When I start it on a on acoustic guitar, yep. it's pretty locked into my head. Mm. And um but it's also is one of those things where everybody knows it's kind of a, a delicate vibe. Yep. And one guy might be a little tentative on it, one guy might be trying too hard on it, and the net result is it's not right, you know? So everybody, like I said, w- went back, you know, everybody really w- desires to play the song and play it well. It's just a different sound, you know, than l- a lot of things will do. And everybody's got the chops for it. Sure. And, and it sounded good in rehearsal. And so, like I said, you go away, you know, 16, 18 hours later, try it again, and it's magic. So it's, it's a funny thing.
0: Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, it, it's interesting. We um, One song, I, I would say 70% of the set list for Uptown is inherited from what Uptown used to play. Right. Uh, but we've, you know, we've, we've changed a lot of it. Gary really is like, I want to play more rock stuff now. And it's like, okay, we should like, we still like, if the band is going to function the way the band has functioned, there are some things that just need to stick around. Like, you know, the, the, the dance stuff, the wedding stuff, September, and like those sorts of things are kind of, uh, you know, they gotta be in the list. He's like, oh yeah, no, no, no. Um, and 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 he agrees with that. But we are throwing some more rock stuff in. And on Saturday, for the first time, we played that song "The Look" by Roxette. Yeah. Uh, what a fantastic <laughs> song! We we wound up opening our second set with it. We we had more songs on the list than we needed to play. And Gary's vibe, you know, we ended the first set wherever we ended it. Fixed the bass amp, you know, ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Came back up and played, and. It was like, why well, are, we, are we just skipping to the top of the second set? He's like, no, 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 we'll just keep going from where we were. And it's like, okay, like whatever. You know, it's weird to start a set with the look because we weren't thinking about that. You know, we had something else as like the the second set starter. It was like, sure, whatever. And um, man, that song, that was the song that turned the crowd to start paying attention to us. Like no, one true. by one, heads started turning for all the folks that were there
1: because not everybody plays it it's yep. a little bit of a different sound a little bit different vibe has its own energy to it I, you know totally that's, that's cool to me i mean i i was gonna respond because you'd said we have the stuff that you got to keep in the right yeah because Don has been out for most of the summer we've pretty much played the same set
0: right you know, right, right. sure yeah
1: And you, you know who cares Nobody. Not no a person. No freaking body.
0: No, well, Not other than perhaps people in the band, but but that's well, it. Well, yeah. that's
1: what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, there's there's a lesson there. You know, people, we, we used, well, the business model we used to have was like, let's turn the show over every winter for our busy summertime. And a goal would be about 10 new songs. If we get them, you know, we usually end up with six that would stick. And then by the end of the summer, you know, maybe four of those would still be around or something like that. Sure. And then, you know, I'd say the band probably has 150 total songs now, certainly 150 total horn charts. And um, we're playing kind of a greatest hits Mm. set. And it's going over great. And it's effortless. And you don't got to think.
0: Which is not a bad thing when you're pulling in different sub drummers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it's a bad thing ever. I'm like, I'm really like, you want to keep the musicians in your band engaged. And creating, but I don't know. I mean, the the things that are going on with the house records, guys having other things that they're doing and me having to travel and a lot of things, at least this summer, he's, he's good. I, 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 there's
0: nothing. I, I, there were not a an insignificant number of moments leading into this uptown gig where i was like man i wish we were just playing like the standard gb list we used to play you know especially when i learned that we didn't have our bass player but even before that it was like well you know we're doing our own sound like there's just too many things to think about here y- y- yeah. you know what i mean it, it, so there's, no I, I easy is good for for certain things i mean i wouldn't say that about an original band gig y- you know like it's 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 a different vibe but playing in a cover band like And and when the point is to entertain, like we were there to serve a purpose and it wasn't to show people how great Uptown Celebration is like we did that. Don't get me wrong. But the point was to entertain, you you know what I mean? And so, like, let's let's not lose sight of that. We can certainly factor the other things in. But the prime directive is we're going to entertain these people, you know.
1: Well, I mean, we've entertained and we've gotten more corporate work, uh, private work that we've ever had the, in the past. So yeah, it's just, it's just a crazy thing, man. It's just, you, you, we all try to be so clever all the time. And again, I yeah. get it that we're trying to yeah. satisfy our own, you know, scratch our own itches for creativity and, you know, stretching our chops and learning more stuff and all that type of thing. But i tell you something to be said for just having a great solid show and then, you know, playing it.
0: Yeah, man, but, I'm with you. you know? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, for for certain bands, that is the right – that is not the wrong thing. I don't want to say it's the only way to go, but but it is, it is a version of right. Um, yep. And I will say uh, – I said I had an anecdote to share about tempos. A few weeks ago, maybe even more than that, I uh, talked about how I put into my iPad a visual click to give me the tempo to start a bunch of tunes in Uptown's list – because there were so many songs that were new to me. And mm-hmm. the look is one of those where I I, like, I like, can credit putting the tempo into my iPad with why that song succeeded or perhaps why that song didn't fail. I don't want to take credit for everyone else's hard work and success in making that song work because everybody put in the work and it, it was great. But if I had counted it in too fast all of that work would have been out the window, you know? And, and it's a slow tune, right? It's like, you know, it's got that, you know, it's got that, you've got to have that in there. And in the middle of a gig with adrenaline and distractions and all of that, the chances of counting that off at the correct tempo, uh, especially the first time I'm playing it live are, are, are less than I would like them to be. So, I absolutely used my iPad to give me the tempo for that and and probably, you know, 15 other songs that day. And man, it's so great to just have that little like okay, yeah, that's where we need to be. Okay, let me get that feeling me all right and then I counted Gary in and, you know, off we go. That tune starts with guitar. Yeah. But, you know, song yeah.
1: it two songs that it it reminds so we have addicted to love in our set, right?
0: Yes. That's another one where you gotta lock right it. Right there.
1: It yep. can't be it can't be two clicks faster, it can't be two clicks slower.
0: And yeah, those and, hits after the choruses, even, right? Like bah, bah, uh, right, yep. back back into the verse. It's gotta have space. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Have
1: you ever played um Right Here, Right Now by Jesus Jones?
0: Yes. Another one that's got that sixteenth note kind of pulse happening under it. Right. Yep. 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 Yeah, man. It, it, you just it, you need good, you need good
1: singers, of course, but you need good drummers and good bass players to make those things happen.
0: Yeah, the one tune where, I, and I took full blame for this. Uh, I did not get our keyboard player's attention before we started it. We're playing um, that tune "Levitating" by Dua Lipa, and oh yeah, again a new song for all of us. And Steph, our singer, crushes it. Like it's it's a great song, but our keyboard player started it. Before I had like the tempo up and, and I get why he did. He wanted to just keep the set flowing and uptown. We just, you know, we, we don't take breaks between every song, right. You know, we just keep the set going Mm -hmm. and he did. And I saw it on my iPad. Like once I, once I got it going, I was like, Oh shoot. You know, like this is probably 15 clicks too fast, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, we got into the first verse and I hear Steph like choking on the lyrics, you know? And, And she turned around to me and she's like, Whoa, slow down. I'm like, yep. And so we did, we slowed it down to probably seven clicks too fast. You know, like we split the difference as much we could in the moment, but it was like, yeah, we got it. Like, that's one that that's another one where it's super important to get that right. So that, so that the vocals have their own bounce to them, you know, and can really kind of effortlessly. Well, we talk about there
1: are the songs that you can do almost anything to, and people will still like them. And then there's songs that you can't.
0: And then there's, that's right.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um, So I was happy to play these gigs on Saturday. I'm glad we did. Not only did it give us great material for, uh, for our conversation here today, but I, I enjoyed these elements of these gigs. However, my wife, you know how I come back from like South by Southwest. And I talk about these sort of, you know, uh, one of a kind or rare opportunities that I got to see, like, like the big star tribute show or the sound city touring thing that only did like eight shows or something. That yeah. night, my wife was at a show like this and she now has her own stories to tell. She's not here to tell them, uh, but she went and saw at the at Boston Garden. So, you know, an 18,000 person arena. Right. Uh, she saw this thing called the Jim Ursay band. Do you know anything about this, Paul? Have you heard anything of this? Mm-hmm. OK, I hadn't either until we got emails from the Boston Garden inviting us to this for free. And that's it's really important. So Jim Ursay is the owner of the Indianapolis Colts. He inherited the Colts from his father, uh, and all and, and a great deal of his wealth. I don't I don't want to say all of his wealth. I don't know. I, my guess is he has continued to build it. He is someone who is uh, he loves like um, Americana, uh, all kinds of things from Americana, and so he has this collection of. Of I would call it art things like Ringo's drum set from uh, when he played on the Ed Sullivan show, Jim Morrison's microphone. Um, I'm going to miss things. I'm going to miss huge things. A, a ticket from a golden ticket from the movie, the Willy Wonka movie, right? Like he's got all of these crazy things and and treasures. And, uh, treasures. I have, I have barely scratched the surface and <laughs> and he keeps this stuff, you know, this stuff, Arguably should could be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or the Smithsonian or both, and it's not it's in Jim's collection and to his credit, and and this is rare for someone who has inherited significant wealth, um, he gets that he is, you know, in this rare position and also that this stuff should be seen by other humans and not just, you know, his his friends who come to his house yeah. and, you know, see this stuff. Is
1: this the Ursay family that owns the Colts?
0: That's what I meant. Yeah, he's the, he's the Jim Ursay who, who owns the Colts. Correct. Got it. Yeah. And so he does this thing where he tours the country with his collection. Now, again, I'll remind us all that Lisa and everyone who went paid nothing for their tickets. So he pays to turn the lights on in the Boston Garden, which is no... Mm small sum and then sure. right th- and and that includes you know security and all that other stuff yeah yeah. Th- yeah then he uh ships his collection or some significant chunk of it to the place where he's doing this and you know sets up a display such that people can walk through and see all of this and then he puts a band on stage to play a 3 hour show of oh. hits but this band, Paul, let me just tell you who's in this band, who the band was that Lisa saw the other night. So Jim plays guitar and sings for like four songs. He comes out and does a couple of songs. He finishes the night with a couple yeah. of songs. Otherwise, he lets the band do their thing. The drummer, our friend Kenny, right? Kenny Aronoff. So he's, the, he's the, the house drummer for this band. The bass player? Yeah, that's Mike Mills from R.E.M. The guitar player? Yeah, that's Kenny Wayne Shepard. Yep. And then
1: wait, but wait wait a second.
0: Uh-huh. This
1: this is like reeking of rich guys plate plate thing, right? Correct. But he
0: gives the it away to makes, people. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. And the giving away part is the stuff that makes other musicians ticked off, right?
0: Oh no. I think he I I mean I all the people that were on stage with him loved it. I mean, well, he
1: I'm he just paid about Oh. I mean, you know, if if you're out there trying to sell Ringo's all store tickets to Ringo's Oh yeah. You know, all stars and, and the guy next to you is giving away tickets to see Mike Mills and, you know, that I mean, Ringo doesn't have to worry, but you get my point. I do but get this, your point. No, is this, this, is there is were this a- the, the most is this the most expensive dad weekend band weekend warrior band in the world?
0: Oh, I'm sure it is. I'm not convinced. I don't know how many of the musicians on stage are paid versus how many do it because they love jim and what he what he's doing with this collection he raises a bunch of money for charity at this event by selling merch and all you know all the proceeds from all the merch and any anything that you could choose to spend money on while you're there uh all goes to charity none of it goes to jim he doesn't need the money right and he's okay with it but i didn't finish with the band you know uh he also brings in you know uh uh sort of pockets of talent i will call it some local some not so local some of the there, i think there were three people he brought in um he brought in vince gill you've heard of vince gill right i've heard of that guy yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. he brought in kevin cronin from Ario speedwagon Ario. Yeah, yep and then he brought in peter wolf from jay giles band which of jay course giles, yeah. yeah in boston is a local band right like i mean ish <laughs> uh, yeah well i mean you know <laughs> yeah and
1: all it, right, so, so I'll back off a little bit. It it's it's a guy doing good to sing four songs, but providing a lot of value other than that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yes. He does his he does his four songs. He sang and I know you'll appreciate this for reasons we, we probably won't spend a lot of time getting into, but he opened the show with Jim singing Lawyers, Guns and Money. Uh, in front of, you know, with this, with this all-star band sort of backing him. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, he ended the show with, uh, have a cigar and comfortably numb. Of course, you know, thinking of, and Lisa said watching Kenny Wayne Shepard rip the solo on comfortably numb was, you know, life changing, which I can only imagine. And then they, end, they ended with gimme shelter. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, you know, like the Kevin Cronin the section. Singer. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, I'm asking if they played Gimme Shelter, who's the girl?
0: Lisa said there were three um, female singers on stage who were absolutely fantastic. And none of them were even mentioned uh, when the band was introduced. She's like that, that part was sort of a crime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like the Kevin Cronin section, he played, take it on the run time for me to fly. Can't fight this feeling roll with the changes. Peter Wolf did half a dozen tunes must've got lost centerfold. Love stinks. You know, Mike Mills sang Rockville and Superman. Kenny Wayne did, you know, Blue on Black. He did a cover of Call Me the Breeze. I, I Lisa said this show was friggin' amazing. I, you know, and we had never heard about it before. When it showed up, she's like, I don't even know if I should go to this. She's like, You're not gonna be around. And then we started looking into it. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure that you should go. And if anything happens with my gigs, I'm coming. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you get the opportunity to go see this thing and any of the stories I've ever told about, you know, seeing these sort of one off ish things, it's not a one off. This was the 10th of these that he has done since 2019. So my guess is there the will be the a show. It's a sh- it. what's that?
1: It, he does. The sh- He doesn't do tours. He does one off shows.
0: He does one off events. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this was the 10th one. Will there be an 11th? I would presume so. I, you know, but I don't know. Um, Yeah. Crazy. Three hours. She said it was, you know, going into something like this, you kind of expect it to be loosely organized and there to be gaps between, you know, time gaps as performers sort of come on and off the stage. That was not the case. She said this was like organized, like it was a theater show. It was just one after the other, kept moving, no dead air.
1: (laughs) Crazy. I runs a tight ship.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, he knows he knows how to entertain. So, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I figured I'd share that story. If you, yeah, if you get the opportunity, go uh, go check it out. I I would. I wish I did. I'm happy I played my gigs, but this would have been a nice nice consolation prize if everything had fallen through. Any, we got anything else? Good. Yeah. All right. Folks, thanks for hanging out with us. It's been yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, it's been a blast. Feedback at giggabpodcast.com. I think we are taking in fact I know we are taking next week off, but we'll be back uh, once August starts. We'll see you, I believe 1st we'll on the always first. be performing. We will always, always be performing. Always be always performing. be performing. Always be always
1: performing. Be, always be performing.
0: <laughs>